to another episode of CadaverCast. I'm El Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. And we are coming to you from the Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. And today's topic is Critter's Attack. Do you know what year this was from? 2019? Yes, very good. It's from this year, absolutely. It's a new Critter's movie. Technically, the fifth Critter's movie. The first new Critter's movie since Critter's 4. There have been a lot of fan films, a lot of short films. There was Critters the New Binge on Shudder, which I watched a couple episodes of. Al didn't end up watching any. We just didn't get it in, in time for this review. So that's not on here, but we will be talking the new Critters Attack, which you can either get on Blu-ray, DVD, digital right now, or you can wait until October when it premieres on Sci-Fi. Okay. There we go. So we have a couple orders of business to tackle before we get into Critter's Attack. Just a couple quick things that we wanted to plug here. First of all, in the month of August, Alistair, do you remember what we're doing? No. Come on, we're a part of something big. Oh, I forgot what it was called. Do you remember who invited us? No. (laughs) So Phantom Dark Dave of Dave's Pop Culture Podcast invited us to be a part of a multi-show series of reviews of sequels of Universal monster movies. And this is the second time that he's done this sequels thing. So, I mean, I'm honored to be a part of it. What about you? Me too. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And these aren't, it's not a series in so much as, like, you have to listen to every one of them, but each movie that is covered in the series is covered by a completely different show and we string them all together so that you listen to the first one and at the end of that one they'll plug the next one uh the first episode though was done over on dave's pop culture podcast it's already live i'll put a link in the show notes and it is about she wolf of london from 1946 that we watched we did watch that yeah we did we did And so I recommend listening to that. And then B-Movie Bros podcast is second up. Um, There are also episodes in this series from Terrible Terror podcast, which I also listen to quite frequently. And then the next time you hear from us will be on August 17th, thereabouts. When we will be releasing our episode in the series, and we are reviewing what movie? The Son of Frankenstein. Yeah, really exciting. Like, we would have done that anyway, but to be reviewing it and have it be part of this bigger thing, really exciting. There's also Paranormal Pativity and the Back in Time podcast contributing to this series. So, bunch of awesome folks. We're thrilled to be a part of this. You can listen to our episode separately, but we also, of course, encourage you to listen to all of these other great shows and hear their takes on these universal classics. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Also, <laughs> Dad's been posting Cinemux. A lot of Cinemux. 
And I mean a lot of Cinemux. <laughs> yeah. Over on the Word Salad Patreon, patreon.com slash Word Salad, which, of course, supports uh, supports our show by supporting Alistair and his college fund. I've been doing a lot of exclusive stuff lately. I do a show that is a Patreon-exclusive show called Cinemuck, where I talk about weird old movies with my friends. And that was a kind of thing we were doing once every couple months, but we've got it down to kind of a science of getting an episode out monthly right now. So that's been really exciting. We've got a whole bunch of new stuff that Joe and I have been recording this summer while we're both in Chicago. So it's pretty lively over on the Word Salad Patreon. And Dad's working on one? Or did he post it? Oh, yeah, I've got one. I've got one all ready to go for next month even. So if you can't wait... You know, until the 17th of August to hear my voice again, there will be a really wild Cinemuck that I recorded with Joe. And then I'm going to be recording a couple more here in another week to get us through October. And it's just it's an exciting time over there. Oh, also, not I don't mean like the day that we posted, but the day that we recorded this. The day before we recorded this episode, Dad did a cinema with Ken. No, actually, we didn't. We just watched a bunch of weird old movies. Oh. (laughs) You said you were going to do one. No, we're going to do that next week. Though we could have, because yesterday we watched... Man, what did we watch? Quick recommendation. Do you remember what we watched? No. Super Inframan. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Super Inframan. We should do that on the show. Yeah, I recommend watching that. Yeah, it was amazing. It's a Shaw Brothers, like, Power Rangers style, like, Kamen Rider style fighting monsters that can grow large. It's just incredible. <laughs> yeah. And basically, he can do anything. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, he says nothing is possible. Nothing, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Impossible. <laughs> impossible. Impossible. <laughs> Nothing is impossible. Also, he backflipped in midair. That's true. Yeah, he's pretty talented in that way. Yeah. And he can fly and shoot lasers, got missiles. Inframan is rad. And that movie has... And he can shoot sparks that can melt things out of his shoes. Oh, his rocket boots? Yeah, those are rad. Oh, and he has like... Um, hands that shoot like slicing things. Oh, the, yeah, the blades. Yeah, those are It's just a great movie. Yeah. I recommend watching it. Yeah, as do I. A couple times. Yeah, watch it more than once. Watch it with your friends. Watch it with your family. Show everybody. Yeah. I guess that's it. So we got the Universal Monsters sequels that were participating in that series. And then a lot of stuff happening over on our Patreon page. So, you know, for as little as a dollar a month, you get access to exclusives. And really, every little bit helps there. So, you know, a bunch of extra content that is, you know, like passion stuff that we do just to have a venue for it. You know, I do family friendly stuff on this show. But if you want to hear unfamily friendly stuff or family unfriendly stuff, family, <laughs> I don't I don't know. Um, I'm I'm not far enough into my second cup of coffee yet for that uh, wordplay. But uh, you want to hear me talk about weirder stuff, that's on there. And Al's going to do one, too. Yes, I am. Let's get on with the show here and talk. Attack. The first thing we need to do, Al, is talk parental guidance here. Because we went a little bit out of our 
traditional uh i, I don't i don't know like <laughs> play area yeah, here basically. the show what what's different about this movie from any other movie we've talked about on the show the critters are way more creepier oh are they yeah, they're, well, they're glowing red eyes. Sure, and they're creepy in the first Critters, too. I'm talking about one simple thing here. It's a rated R. <laughs> yeah, this is actually a rated R movie. Much to my surprise when we got it in, because, I, you know, the other Critters movies are all rated PG-13. After watching this one, I will say that I think this is on par with the other Critters movies in terms of gore and stuff. We definitely have more Critters gore, so maybe it got the R rating for that. But in terms of people being eaten and stuff, it's maybe a little gorier, but nothing as upsetting as Anders Hove's death in Critters 4, which was PG-13. What was so what He was, was the one death? with the, the critter in his mouth. Oh. And Al couldn't even watch that, and Al watched this whole movie ultimately, and it's not near as gory there's like one Just, part where the critters are kind of creepy actually. they're they're kind of creepy but they're also clearly really puppety uh, and they're the often shown in like, the daytime the critter part of it is at night if the critter looks at you like on the back it's looking right at you with its mouth a little open its teeth are red and it looks like it's coming out that's pretty creepy sure on yeah the back. yeah no i mean the critters have the potential to be really creepy and they are that's certainly a point in this creepy. Yeah. But it is rated R. So let's talk about that for a moment because that bears some parental guidance here. If your kid has seen the other Critters movies, this one should be fine for them. The most gore in it is critter gore. There's a lot of exploding critters. Yes. They explode into giant green chunks. Pretty amazing. There is a little bit of swearing, but I yes. think if you're still on the fence about it and your kids have seen the other critters, you could wait until it shows on sci-fi, where I imagine it will be edited down to a TV 14 so that some of that gore will be cut out. I guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. That's probably your best bet. I would say actually watch the R version. I would say not like the cutout versions. I don't like cutout versions. Sure. No, I'm, I'm totally with you. But what I'm saying is for the sake of our listeners... If they're concerned about the R rating and they still want their kid to see it because their kid's seen the other Critter movies, then they could wait for it to show on sci-fi and watch it there first. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's no uh, nudity. There's no adult content beyond swearing and gore. There's not much other than just the gore and a little bit of swearing. And... Even more people throwing critter balls off yeah. screen. Yeah, there's a lot of people holding critters to their face and running around, you know, because obviously the actors have to hold the, you know, the puppets to their heads and there's, you know, critter balls being rolled. There's uh, even some CG critter balls rolling around a CG ship early on. But for the most part, it's practical. I guess we're into the review now. Let's, that's parental guidance. I don't have anything else to say other than it's gory. It's got some swearing, well, but I don't think it's worse. Than the other Critter movies. The last part has the most Critter balls. The end of the movie when yeah. they're like the football field? Uh-huh. Yeah. There's like thousands of Critters. How did that happen? Because basically what happens, um, I would say first part, a lot of parental guidance. Oh, with the, the 
sushi delivery man. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the baby critters are like in his stomach and then yeah. they kind of like jump out. Yeah, that's pretty gross. Yeah, that's how they got thousands. Like at the end, you see the critters like munching on people. Uh huh. Basically, and then there's this funny one. Like they're munching on a dog, and then one of the critters just barfs out a sneaker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the, the goriest part is definitely when they're in the delivery man's stomach. And that was the one part that Al did cover his eyes. The first time. The first time? Yeah, you watched it the second time? Yeah, I yeah, watched it. Yeah, we ended it. up watching it twice for this because it was spread apart. Yeah, so I think that you covered your eyes the first time, maybe not the second time. It's pretty gross, though. It's pretty gory I when he's still, in the, the guy's I stomach. I still, like, covered part of my eye with part of it open. Oh, you did the, the peek between your fingers action? Yeah, and, like, yeah. when I get scared, I close it. Oh, uh, yeah, That's that makes what I sense. Do. Like, yeah. I... Close one eye. Close and then, the barn door. Yeah. Yeah, and like I did the peek out of one eye. Then when I'm scared, I just close that so I can't see the screen. Classic That's what tactic, I man. Everybody knows exactly what you're talking about. I guarantee it. I know. Anybody? No, I'm just saying. Anybody who watched horror movies when they were kids did the exact same thing. You cover your eyes with your hand, and then you peek through your fingers a little bit, and you close your fingers. You know, when you get too spooked. Absolutely. That's a very common experience. I did it when I was a kid. And I do, too. Yeah. So what else do you have to say about this movie? Basically, like, our main character is still at the sushi, just like the other guy that got killed. She made a delivery Uh to someplace. A college. Yeah, college that her mom went to. Uh Uh-huh. Then we learned um, that her mom went there, then she got pregnant with her, so... So then her mom dropped out of college. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where our main character wants to go to college. I don't remember her name. Drea. Drea. Yeah. Yeah. Her name's Drea. And yeah, so there's a lot of character stuff in this, a lot of of character building, you know, in terms of relationships and history. And then, like, after she makes that delivery, the day after that, um, like, she's going babysitting, but the critters are there. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, like, the critters are in town, and then she's off work then, but then, like, she's babysitting, they find the queen of critters? Yeah, it's we later revealed she's that she's the queen. Uh-huh. What, it, what makes her stand out from the other critters? We've talked about the critters, right? They're yes. sort of like gray, black, porcupine, but- space sharks. This one's different, though. When we meet this one, it's she's like, different. She's, like, white mm-hmm. with... Um, black stripes on her, and she looks cute, but when she fights, like, her eyes turn, like, glowing red. She has, like, long claws. In her fight scene, I love that part. That's my favorite part. It's your favorite fart? <laughs> no. <laughs> part. I heard that part Car. stinks. No. You like no. that one? No. <laughs> no. That's my favorite part of <laughs> the movie. That's all staying in the podcast, you know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite part because she just like chops Critter's heads off. Yeah, she starts out really cute and cuddly and she's really friendly with them, even though Drea's kind of, she's kind of uh, leery of this new Critter. Do you remember her name? No. Bianca. Bianca. Right. Bianca. So Bianca eventually does become super awesome and battle ready. 
because why what's she, what's she doing there i mean this is Basically, spoiler stuff i guess for later on in the movie but that's where al started so that's where we're going why is she there? What she does, basically, she's killing the males, taking over the world. Yeah. And what, what we basically learn here, the new critter lore, is that the critters have a queen who isn't necessarily supporting, you know, the critters uh, devouring entire, you know, races on planets and stuff. Like, they, like, she doesn't support that. And this is her coming after them. But Why like, she didn't in the earlier movies... Who knows, but this is the new lore that we get. Yeah. And she's there the whole movie? Yeah, basically. Like, the, the how it happened is, like, she ba- went babysitting. They went to go to, like, hiking and to the park and stuff. They found Bianca. Then, that's how it all started. Yeah, and then they have to battle the critters. Yeah, that's how it all started. Then they went home. They went back home. And, um, like... The I mean, if you don't remember every single step know, of the I story, know. that's not Basically, too important. Basically, they went back home, and then what happened is our main character... Drea. Drea was babysitting her brothers. Um, one of the critters, male critters, bit his leg. The boy she's babysitting, mm-hmm. yeah. That's how they know <sighs> the critters are around. That, yeah, that's pretty much, uh exactly what happens in that part of the movie absolutely <laughs> i just wanted to um say how they started to know that aliens are real okay drea's brother was after, right after after bianca anyway of course bianca's the first one they meet but yeah then they find but like then since drea's brother ones. says it was an alien ship and he was right he was it right was an alien ship and now drea knows he was right yeah And that's one of those scenarios where, you know, he's telling everybody aliens are real. There was a UFO and people don't believe him. Their uncle doesn't believe him. It's not he doesn't really pursue it too much, but he is kind of this, I don't know, alien conspiracy theorist kind of a guy. He's always online trying to prove that aliens exist. He's kind of a boy who cried wolf kind of a character until they find out a little too late. Nope, these were aliens, and they're eating everybody. Yeah. Or it's a boy who cried alien. Yeah, a boy who cried alien. There are a lot of characters in this. I would say if I have one major criticism of this, and we had a lot of fun watching the movie. Generally speaking, both times, we had a really good time watching it. If there's any major criticism I have, it's that there's a lot of story going on here. There are a lot of characters and I think some of that really could have been condensed down to, I don't, I don't know, sort of streamline the narrative a little bit. There's just a lot, a lot of characters. And I don't think you need so many storylines, like with Drea's uncle and then Drea's boss who runs a sushi restaurant and then the guy who works at the college and then her friend who goes to the college and then her friend's boyfriend at the college. There's a lot of story going on when I don't know that it really needs all the story. I think you could have condensed some of those characters, you know, take the maybe the uncle and the sushi shop owner or whatever and made one character out of the two. Yeah. And I think that would have helped maybe streamline it a bit. Maybe it's like her uncle owns the shop. Uh, the movie's 89 minutes, so, you know, you couldn't lose a lot, especially if it's going to air on television, you know? It's one hour and, and 29 minutes. Yes. 
for those of you who can't do math, Al's done it for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think like, you know, some of that does bog the movie down. A hair gets bogged down a little bit. But once you get into that critter action, man, that critter action is a ton of fun. Especially at the end of the movie. I like that at the end they have like a garden rake. Uh-huh. They have a garden rake. Um, and it's the kids, right? This ends yeah, up the, the kids, kids, Drea and the kids, fighting off the critter invasion. Yeah, it's like... They have, like, a garden rack, a shovel. Garden rake? Um, a garden rake, a shovel, a meat hammer. <laughs> a meat hammer? A <laughs> meat hammer. Like a meat tenderizer? Yeah. Like, do they? Okay, yeah, they I'll do. take your word for like, it. I don't remember like, that. I but... remember when Andrea's friend grabbed the critter and just meat tenderized it and just hit him It with could it. just be a hammer. It oh. wasn't big. It was small. Okay, could have like just one. been a hammer. Yeah, could have just been a small hammer, but... Then I like that critters are just flying in the air like, ah, it, it's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> the one kid's like kicking yeah. them like soccer balls. Yeah. He's just kicking them like soccer balls and like the shovel, they're just throwing them in the air like, and then the critters go, ah. Yeah. Even, even saying that sound makes me laugh. It's so funny. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good one. <laughs> even thinking about it. Yeah, you're just sitting there giggling. Absolutely. <laughs> There's a lot of great stuff, too, before that, where the critters are on people's faces and they're, like, running around the streets in town. That's good stuff. The, the Oh, critters... I also like the leader at the end. Oh, the one with kind of the one eye that's sort yeah. of, I, it's kind of scarred shut a little bit. Uh, and, like, when he's just standing there looking at them yeah. in the dark at night. Just, like, Spooky. all you can see is his glowing red eyes. It's creepy. They're, like... He's back. Why are they standing there? Just whatever, get in, Dre's friend says. And then they have to face a whole army of critters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And then the mom of the first one is actually a bounty hunter? Yeah, that's what I was going to like try to get you to talk about next. Yeah. D. Wallace returns. D. D. Wallace. Wallace returns uh-huh. to the series. We don't get the bounty hunter's... Like the like Ugg and Lee in the earlier movies, the no faces who then take on faces. In this one, we have a bounty hunter played by Dee Wallace. Maybe she was a no face. I don't know. We don't learn much about her. But what's her name in the movie? Um, I don't remember. Aunt Dee. Uh-huh. So she's not playing the same character. Uh, but she could have been a no face who then took on the face of the mom from the first movie. We don't we don't know anything about her though, really. But she shows up. D. Wallace is there. That's exciting. What's she up to? Basically, she's looking for the queen, killing critters and stuff. At the end, oh, I forgot to talk about in the remember the second one, the ginormous ball of critters. Yeah, they come back. Yep. Um, the giant the critter eat, ball from um, number two. They eat Drea's friend's boyfriend. Yeah, see, there's a lot of characters. It gets a little bit convoluted. In Critters 2, it just eats some random guy, right? No, it eats, yeah, and turns him into skeletons. Yeah. Same. But we also don't see the skeleton effect in this one, you know? So there are times when the movie is more reserved than some of the earlier Critters movies, making the R rating a little perplexing to me. But it probably would then have to do with the critter gore and the swearing, I guess. Though it says... Rated R for bloody creature violence. So I guess it's rated R for the same stuff that's in the other Critters movies. So basically it's not rated R. I mean, it is. PG-14. PG-13. 
PG-13. But it will air mm-hmm. as TV-14. I am almost certain of it. Unless they leave it uncut and air it as TV-mature. But I'm almost positive they'll cut something down and get it TV-14. What else do you want to talk about here? Right, I want to talk about the Critter Ball. It comes out of, like, the thing, like, Drea and the Bounty Hunter have, like, guns? Mm-hmm, so you're talking about the very, 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 very end of the movie. Yeah, like... Like, the like, very last thing that happens in the movie, like, so listeners, And then, the giant ball of Critter explodes. <laughs> sure. And then, it just ends, basically. It's like... <laughs> yeah, they, like, a, like a smash cut ending. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, like... After the critter ball gets exploded and, like, the after scene. Oh, yeah. I get what you're saying. No, so it doesn't no. go, like, what what it looks like in the town the next day or, like, two weeks later. Yeah. They finish off the critters movie just, boom, right to the credits. Yeah, yeah that yeah. doesn't mean, like, there's another one. I know that people are going to have problems with this movie. People who are diehard fans of, like, the first two critter movies. And I'll talk about that in a second. But my problem with, like, the characters and stuff is they do a lot of character building early on that I don't feel gets totally paid off in a super satisfying way. I think there's an opportunity here to have Drea, who wants to go to this college that her mom went to and gets rejected. I think there's a real opportunity there to develop her in a way that she, over the course of this, becomes sort of, I, I don't know, disillusioned by that idea of following in her mom's footsteps and maybe takes up being a bounty hunter. Yeah, you're right. Wouldn't that be cool? Uh-huh. So, yeah, that would be cool. So she could, you know, meet Aunt D, find out she's really good at fighting critters or something, and then become a bounty hunter, and then that could lead into other sequels or something. But it doesn't really do that. I mean, by the end, she doesn't seem to want to go to college anymore. But the movie ends so abruptly, as you point out. You know, I don't get the sense that she totally changed. And that's and that's a minor thing, because by that point in the movie, there's tons of critter action, which is really all we look for. So if the characters get abandoned in the interest of critter explosions and stuff, eh, you know, can hardly complain. I wish it was like one month later and like she was in the college she wanted to be. That would be cool. Actually. Oh, so you, uh, one way or the other, right? Like, she's either in college or she's a bounty hunter. Yeah, one of those. I would like yeah. her to be, like, a bounty hunter. That would be cool. Maybe she's going to college to learn to be a space bounty hunter. Oh, I got a good idea. College to be a bounty hunter, but that's in space. College oh, in space. Space college? Oh, yeah, that would be so cool. Right, and Ugg's the teacher. Ugg, but Ugg <laughs> died. Ugg died. Well, Ugg died in the future. Right? Ugg died later oh, on. Yeah. So we'd he meet died. Ugg before he became evil. Yeah. Right? So that was in like 2045? Something like that. Yeah. yeah so like he's got time. That'd be cool. I dig that. Uh-huh. I mean, obviously, that would cost a lot of money, and the movie's very ambitious on what was clearly a small budget, and they sank a lot of money into doing practical puppet effects. Yeah. So, I mean, in Critter terms balls of. Too. Yeah, and the giant critter ball. In terms of, you know, spending their money wisely, I think putting it into the creature effects was a far better use of their obviously limited budget than building some kind of giant spaceship set or whatever. You know, I think like that was wise. So can't complain too much. Here's what I think people who are big fans of the first critters and maybe even the second critters are not going to dig in this movie. I do think it's a movie that a lot of people aren't going to like who do like the first two critters because a lot of people don't like the third or the fourth. 
If you do like the third and the fourth, I suspect that you probably are just going into this looking for Critters Chaos. And you get tons of that, right? Yeah. Tons of that. So if all you're looking for is crazy critter stuff, boom, you get it in spades here. And so director Bobby Miller kicks a ton of butt, giving us as much critter action as we can handle. And like, if all you're looking for is just critters, critters, and more critters, then this movie's great. Critters attack. I mean, that's the, the title tells you everything. Critters attack. What happens in it? Critters attack. Yeah. <laughs> and then and the movie's like, over. Done. You're right. But I think if you are a kind of person who views the first two Critters movies or even the first one as being some kind of masterpiece of monster movies, which I love it. Don't get me wrong. I grew up on that movie. I watch it a lot even still. I think it's a fantastic horror movie. But as a kid, I watched it just for the Critters wreaking havoc on this farm. You know, I think as a kid, I would have really liked Critters Attack. Um, as an adult, watching it with my son, I had a good darn time. So, yeah, I mean, the part of me that is a screenwriter, that is a filmmaker, you know, I, there are some things that I would have liked to have seen happen with the characters since they were set up. But ultimately, there are tons of Critters exploding. There are some great monster gags. And I can't complain, you know? I mean, especially if you just watch this on sci-fi when it airs, I I think you will be at least pleased with the time that you have watching these critters do the attacking that you are promised in the title. Yeah, it's true. Should we do Beastly Best? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the coolest monster moment is? Critters flying like, ah! At the end, when, like, they hit them with the shovel and throw with the garden rake. Ah! Oh, when they're just kicking <laughs> them around at the end? Okay, cool. Yeah. Still mine, makes me laugh. Mine you haven't talked about. Mine is definitely the guy in the shower. There's oh, the guy in the shower, I... mm-hmm. and he's a forest ranger, and so he's in one of those kind of outdoor showers, and he goes to reach for a loofah in the shower, but there's a critter there, and he puts the critter up to his face to, like, scrub his face, like, thinking it's a loofah. And it just opens its jaw and bites down on his entire head. And he just, like, is bouncing around in the shower. That's a wacky part. Oh, and then we go outside and blood is oh, on Oh, yeah, him. yeah. He thinks it's his porcupine friend. Yeah. It's not. It's the critter. Exactly. Yeah, it's a porcupine, but one from space. Yeah. Porcupine space shark piranha Sasquatch. <laughs> They're basically tiny space porcupines. Exactly. So Vicious space porcupines. The worst kind. Worst kind ever. I know. It's time to get spooked. What's the spookiest moment? Hmm, I don't even know if I got spooked. What about when uh, old One-Eye was standing on the field staring at him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did not scare me. But it's spooky. It was a little spooky. It's ominous, maybe. I would say it was, but for other people, it might be spooky. Not for me, but for other people, yes. A lot of the movie takes place during the day. They go wandering around the college at nighttime, and the critters are sort of hiding in vents and stuff. Like, that that stuff at nighttime there is probably the spookiest stuff. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, not that I was Uh particularly spooked by it, but... It's definitely the spookiest. It's the most atmospheric. You know, they'll wander into a room just using the lights from their cell phones to illuminate things. And, you know, they see all this 
chaos in there that has, you know, happened before. And then there's critters hiding in the vents or hiding, you know, behind a desk or something. And one That's of the kind of spooky. grabs, like, one of the statues, the bone statues. The skeleton? Yeah, skeleton. <laughs> a bone statue, a skeleton? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that's the, that, okay, that's some spooky stuff. There's some spooky uh, little moments in there. But now let's talk about theme. We have our new segment that we introduced, what, two or three episodes ago? That we're calling Scream Themes. What do you think? Uh-huh, yeah, Scream Themes. Which mm-hmm. was proposed by our buddy Joe, but then I twisted it a little bit. It's basically a take on Scream Queens, if that makes sense. So, Scream Themes. What is this movie about, Alistair? What's the theme? What is it trying to say? It's trying to say. I know what the theme's about. It's about family. Okay, yeah. Family and friends. Family and friends. Good, good. So that's our topic, right? That's the topic of the theme. And sometimes people will confuse topic with theme. They'll go, oh, it's about love. Oh, it's about greed. Oh, it's about family. But the real theme is what the movie says about this topic, right? Yeah. So, what is the movie saying about friends and family? Basically, they're following, like, the stories. Basically, Drea wants to follow her mom, what her mom did. Okay. Basically, that's family. So, she's trying to follow in her mom's footsteps. And is that a thing that the movie says you should do or that the movie says you shouldn't do? Should not. I agree. So if it says that we shouldn't do that, the theme might be don't try to follow in other people's footsteps, right? Including your family members. Find your own way in life. Yeah. Yeah, something Go like that. Go your own different way. Yeah, right? Find your own route in life. Absolutely. Fist yeah. bump. That's really nice. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. I think if the movie did end with a little bit more of a clear conclusion to that storyline for Drea that that would be hammered home as a theme, as a message, if in the end she was like, I want to be a bounty hunter. I don't want I don't want to go to college. She says she doesn't want to go to the college at the end, but we don't know what she wants to do instead. I think if she was like, I'm going to fight critters from now on, then I think, boom, that would have been hammered home 100%. But I still think you're right. I still think that's there. Find your own way in life. Yeah. I like that. Good job, man. Good job. So that's it from us, huh? Social media time? Yeah. Again, if you want exclusive content, help us out, support the show, support, you know, our like two show network, uh, go to patreon.com slash word salad. Every little bit helps and you get lots of cool exclusive stuff, including exclusive cadaver cast stuff. We're going to have more stuff about monsters and video games. That's totally exclusive to Patreon coming up. So that is again, Alistair. You can go to patreon.com slash word salad to get all those exclusive content. Yeah, awesome. And you can, of course, uh, support the show in other ways by rating and reviewing us on whatever you listen to us on. Uh, Apple Podcasts, that's a good one. I don't think we've had any new reviews recently. I checked last night, but uh, that helps us get noticed. And then you can follow us on social media. Alistair, where are we on Twitter? Cadaver underscore cast. On Instagram? Cadavercast? Was it Cadavercast? Yep, just, just Cadavercast, Cadavercast on Instagram. And you can join the club on Facebook, which is the... Cadavercast Critters and Creeps Club. Awesome. 
So that's where you can find us around on the internet. And you can, of course, email us anytime if you have any thoughts or suggestions or questions at cadavercast at gmail.com. And with that, we will be back on the 17th with our installment of the Universal Monsters sequels series uh, that our buddy Phantom Dark Dave started. So look for that up next. And uh, in the meantime, Alistair, why don't you go ahead and sign us out? You've been listening to another episode of CadaverCast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. Thanks, everybody. We love you. <laughs>